Good morning. I'm thankful you're here. When's the last time you did something that you really regretted? I mean, you don't have to confess that today. Or don't, don't stand up right now and tell me. But, um, you know, um, the truth is all of us have faults. We all have sins. We've all made mistakes. We've all had those um, regrets or remorse or those moments when we wish we could turn back the clock and redo that. And all of us are, are that way. You know, I'm, I'm continually amazed at the, at the grace of God. God. God has been so gracious to me in my life. And I, and I, and I think about Romans 5.8 that says this, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, that even though we were sinners, Christ died for us. And for each one of us, God knew that we were sinners. He knew that we would be rebellious. He knew that we would be ungrateful. He knew that there would be times that we would just blatantly disobey him. And yet he still chose to, he loved us so much, he chose to come to this earth in a miraculous way. He lived a perfect life and he went to the cross paying the price for your sins and my sins. Then he rose from the dead and showed us what eternal life looks like. You know, we've been in this series in the book of 1 Samuel that we're calling Kings, Queens, and Pawns. And what we're doing is we're learning uh, from these first kings of God, uh, that, that God's people established. God's people made, a, made a, an incredible error here. And, and it's, it's amazing that God gives us his word and this opportunity to learn these lessons from God's people as they, in this this. This, these first days of establishing a king, they, they just blatantly rebelled against the Lord. They, they blatantly disobeyed him in spite of Samuel, their prophet, standing in front of them saying, hey, hey, don't do this. Yeah, I want to catch you up on where we've been. We're, today, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 12, and that's where we're going we're to be today. But it, we looked at last week how, how God's people had just willingly chosen a king that was hiding in the, uh, among the, the baggage, the luggage. And they, they were so set on replacing God on the throne with a man-made or with a person. They, 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 and Samuel said to him, don't do this. God is your king. You don't need a man-made king. And they said, no, we want to be like everybody else. We want to be like every other nation. And what they did, they chose to look to a man rather than the Lord. And see, God's given us these stories in the Old Testament to help us learn how to walk with, with Jesus today, how to, how to walk with the Lord today. And as we move into 1 Samuel 12, this is Samuel's final public speech. And, and as he stands before the people, and he's brokenhearted. I mean, because he, Samuel is the prophet. He's been spending his entire life serving God's people, and right in front of his eyes, they're rebelling against the Lord. And he's crushed. He's hurt. He's, he's like, Lord, he probably feels like a failure. But you know what I'm amazed about the Lord is in, is in spite of the rebellious tendency, the rebellious, um, the rebellious nature of God's people, he shows us grace. And you know, we, we, you probably were like me. When you came to Christ, someone told you about Romans 10, 9, and 10. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And, and I remember getting on my knees and saying, you are Lord. Jesus, you are going to be on the throne of my life. 
And that's the heart of this series, as we, as we learn these lessons from God's people, that, that we should not replace the Lord on the throne of our lives. That we should be a people that say, God, you alone are our God and our Savior. And when you work, we will praise you. And see, God's people were struggling here. First, to, to kind of catch us up, First uh, Samuel 11 God, Saul is now the king, and, and, and the Ammonites, they, they had come against God's people, and they, they, they were going to battle. They were, they were going to uh, put them in slavery, and, and, and God's people go, oh, no, what, what are we going to do? And they make this error. They, they look not to the Lord for help. They look to Saul for help. But you know, God was gracious here because God rose up Saul, and he said, Saul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empower you. And, and these mighty men that we looked at last week that came around Saul, that God put on the hearts of mighty men to follow this king. And, and he rose up in chapter 11, and they defeated the Ammonites. And the people were celebrating. And as they were celebrating, Samuel comes to this, this final speech, and he is brokenhearted. And he stands before God's people in chapter 12, and he says, he says, don't you remember the history? Don't you remember what God has done? And he, and he started tracing back to the judges. Remember the book of Judges? In the book of Judges, you see this cycle of God's people where, where they, would, they would rebel against the Lord. They, they were walking with the Lord, and then they would rebel. And then they would face the punishment, and then they would go, oh, no, we're miserable. Lord, help us. And, and then God would hear their prayer. He would call a deliverer, and that deliverer would, would help them and rescue them. And then they would say, Lord, we're going to praise you. And they would do that for a while, but then they would rebel again. They would get comfortable. And see, this describes so much of the way we live. We tend to be a people that, that we tend to replace the Lord. We tend to look to other things to satisfy us, to serve, to follow. If you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 12, would you stand with me and let's start in verse 13. And, and, and one of the things I pray that we see today, as we look at this, as, as we hear Samuel's final farewell speech, Samuel is calling God's people, come clean, get right with the Lord. And today it's my prayer that we can engage his word and, and understand how we can come clean and get right with the Lord today. Starts out in verse 13. Now, here is the king you've chosen, the one you requested. Look, this is the king the Lord has placed over you. If you fear the Lord, worship and obey him, and if you don't rebel against the Lord's command, then both you and the king who rules over you will follow the Lord your God. However, if you disobey the Lord and rebel against his command, the Lord's hand will be against you and against your ancestors. Now therefore, present yourselves and see this great thing the Lord will do before your eyes. Isn't the wheat harvest today? I will call on the Lord, and he will send thunder and rain so that you will know and see what great evil you committed in the Lord's sight by requesting a king for yourselves. Samuel called on the Lord, and on that day, the Lord sent thunder and rain. As a result, the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. 
They pleaded with Samuel, pray to the Lord your God for your servants so we won't die. For, you have, for we have added to all our sins the evil of requesting a king for ourselves. Samuel replied, don't be afraid. Even though you committed all this evil, don't turn away from following the Lord. Instead, worship the Lord with all your heart. Don't turn away to the, don't turn away to the Lord. Excuse me. Don't turn away to follow worthless things that can't profit or deliver you. They're worthless. The Lord will not abandon his people because of his great name, because he is determined to make you his own people. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now this morning, one of the things I pray that we catch is we recognize how Samuel is calling God's people to come clean. He's calling God's people to repent. And this is an amazing moment because Samuel is so brokenhearted because the, the God's people had just won this battle. They'd just seen the, the Lord deliver them from the Ammonites. And what do they do? They look and they praise Saul, not the Lord. And see, this is so often our story because God will do something in our lives and he will, he will give us strength. And, and I experienced that this week and I appreciate so much of your prayers. Um, you know, this week as I stood on Thursday to, to preach the, the funeral of a friend of mine, I'll tell you, this was, I was standing there as the family was walking in. There were 150 of them, so it took about 10 minutes because there was wheelchairs and all this stuff. And as I was standing there, I felt emotion, and I, 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 just, I was losing it. My, my eyes were watering, and I was like, Lord, I, I don't, I'm getting ready. i got to talk. I don't know if I can do it. And, you know, I got up to the microphone, and I started to, I started to cry, and that's okay. But, but I started to, to feel really weak, and then in that second, I, I felt like the Lord just, gave, just filled me, and he strengthened me. And see, this happens to all of us. God has saved us. He's forgiven us. He's moved in our lives. But then so often, we tend to forget that he is the one that works in us and through us. And so often we tend to rebel like God's people. And Samuel, in this moment, look at this. Look at verse 13. He goes and he says, he says to them, now, now this is the king you have chosen, the one you've requested. Look, this is the king, and he, he puts emphasis, the Lord has placed over you. He's reminding God's people, look, in spite of your rebellion, God has placed him over you. And then he says, if you fear the Lord and worship and obey him, and if you don't rebel against the Lord's command, then both you and the king who rules over you will follow the Lord your God. And this is an amazing statement because he's saying God will help you anyway. But, but, but you've been rebellious, but, but now you've got to turn back to him. And so often when we find ourselves, when you and I find ourselves in a moment of rebellion, we tend to feel guilty. We tend to feel like, oh, I don't want to come to the Lord. I don't want to go to him. But see, that's not what Samuel's saying. Samuel's saying, I know you've been rebellious. I know you've been away from the Lord. But in this moment, come to him. Look to him. You know what? I'm so grateful in my life. There have been so many times that I've been away from the Lord and, and I've not wanted to come to church. Have you ever been that way? You've been away from the Lord and you're like, I don't want to go to church today. You've been away from the Lord and you, or, or you're rebelling against the Lord and you're like, I don't want to pray today. 
But see, Samuel's saying, no, in this moment when you're away from him, turn to the Lord and the Lord will help you. Then he says, verse 15, however, if you disobey the Lord and rebel against his command, the Lord will be against you and your ancestors. And then, then Samuel does this incredible thing. He's like, says before the people, I want you to see how powerful God is. He said, look, it's wheat harvest today. And he prays and asks it to rain. And all of a sudden, this thunderstorm comes. And God's people say, oh, my goodness, what have we done? We, we have sinned. We have fallen short. And today, here's my prayer. That each one of us learn this incredible lesson of how to come clean before the Lord. How to get right with the Lord. Did you walk in this room today away from the Lord? Did you walk in this room today with a heart of rebellion? Do you know that when we come to the Lord he, and, and we repent, do you know that he forgives you? That God, I'm so grateful we serve a God who gives us second chances. I'm so grateful that God restores us. And do you know that God's like that? And God gives his people an opportunity to come clean. Now, here's what we see in Samuel, number one. Point number one, if you have your notes, follow along with me. Because if we're going to come clean, do you know what? Come, coming clean begins with this honest confession to God. Samuel's looking at his people and at God's people. And he's saying, be honest. And this morning, I want you to see that when you, if you're going to come clean before the Lord, it begins with this honest confession. Do you know that you can't hide anything from the Lord? And, and God always moves us to an honest confession of him when, when, when we honestly confess our sin. And my prayer today for all of us is that, is that we would be a people that are quick to confess our sin to the Lord, that we are quick to repent. You know, I say it like this, that, that we, we should always move when God calls us to move. And there are many times that you and I slip into a rebellious attitude, a rebellious heart. And I pray that when that happens, that we are quick to repent, that we're quick to confess. And so often it's interesting for us because it feels like we, we think we can hide things from the Lord. We, and, and we try hiding from one another. We, we try hiding our sin from one another. But, but, but do you know that you, can, you can't hide anything from the Lord? He sees you. He sees everything. He knows your motives. He knows your heart. But can I tell you something? In spite of those, he still loves you. And he still draws you with loving kindness. That God is patient with you. But he moves us to an honest confession. Now, now here's what I mean by that. Because in my life, I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to honestly confess to the Lord. Now, now if I'm going honest, to honestly confess, the first thing I'm going to do here is I'm going to evaluate. And my prayer is today that, that we learn how to, how to confess honestly to the Lord. Evaluate. Write that down. Let's learn to evaluate. What this means is, is in one of the things I'm trying to do in my life is get alone with the Lord and, and write down what, what, what is going on in my life. I would encourage you to journal. This is a spiritual discipline over the next uh, few months. In the Easter season coming up, we're, through our Lent season, we're going to learn the discipline of meditation and journaling. That's a discipline that we're going we're to push our church to embrace but you know, one of the ways that, that I'm learning to confess honestly to the Lord is, is write down my struggles. Write down what's going on and what I felt remorseful about. And Lamentations 3.40 says this, let, it, let us examine our ways and test them. 
God says, God says we need to examine our hearts. And this is what Samuel's doing. He's saying to God's people, look, examine yourself. And this morning, can I be in front of you today and, and, and lead us and push us to honestly confess to the Lord by examining our hearts? Like what David wrote in Psalm 139. I love this verse. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my, my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in an everlasting way. You know, Samuel stands before God's people and he's saying, stop pretending. Confess honestly. Get honest with the Lord and, and evaluate where you are. And he stood before God's people and he's like, look at where you've been. You've set a king in front of yourself. You've praised Saul here, but, but it's the Lord that has delivered you. Evaluate. You know, when you, to, to come clean, an honest confession means that you begin to accept responsibility. Samuel's doing this. He's moving God's people. Accept responsibility of where you, where you are. And see, if you're going to honestly confess to the Lord, if you're going to get right with the Lord, it requires you to evaluate. It also requires you to accept responsibility for your sin. So often we don't want to do that. We, we are confronted with our sin or, or you come to church and God speaks to you or, or maybe God will just lead you in your own life and convict you and we want to push that conviction away. I want you to understand that conviction of sin is a great thing. If you, if you come to church or if you open the Bible and you feel conviction, thank the Lord for that. I would be, I would be scared if you didn't feel conviction. That would be something to evaluate. But when you feel conviction of sin, accept responsibility for that. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The Lord's lamp sheds light on a person's life, searching the inmost part. And see, God's people right here in this story, they, they, Samuel was pushing them, accept responsibility for where you are. And so often when we sin, we, we don't want to do that. So often we rationalize it. We rationalize our sin like, oh, this isn't, this isn't that big a deal. Or we, we minimize our sin. You know, uh, you know this, th- this really isn't, isn't a problem. We minimize it. So often when we're confronted with our sin, we blame others. Well, it's, it's my husband's fault or it's my dad's fault. It's the way I was raised. It's this circumstance that I'm in. But see, God moves us. God confronts our sin. And right here in this moment, Samuel is confronting God's people with their sin. And he's saying, don't, don't rationalize it. Don't minimize it. Don't blame anything else except responsibility. Honestly, this is one of the biggest problems I see in our whole nation of people wanting to not accept responsibility for their own actions. And see, this is what God is leading us to do as his people. Now, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are to, be, we are to accept the responsibility for our sin. And this is why God moves us to repent. God moves us to, to look to him as Lord of our lives. And then... Third thing, if we're going to come clean, honest confession just compels us to ask God for forgiveness. And see, I pray that this is something, this is a practice that you do every day, that you have honest confession to the Lord. You get before the Lord and say, Lord, show me my sin. Show me my struggles. And then confess that to him. You know what's amazing about the Lord? When we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, look, look at this. If you confess, 
we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You may say, well, well, pastor, you don't understand what's on my list. Can I tell you, regardless of what's on your list, God is faithful to forgive you? And see, this is, this is the point that God's people missed and that Samuel was trying to communicate to God's people. That even though you have been rebellious, even though you have totally forsaken the Lord, if you turn to him right now, he will forgive you. And I want you to know the same thing. However you walked in this room today, do you know that God's grace is more powerful than your sin? Aren't you grateful for that? Isn't that amazing that God would be so patient and gracious to us? Isaiah 118, an incredible verse, says, No matter how deep the stain of your sin, I can take it out and make it as clean as freshly fallen snow. You know, that's the, the, the New Living Translation. But, but though your sins are as scarlet, they'll be made white as snow. And see, God's, Samuel's communicating to God's people right here. God is powerful to forgive you. If Repent, turn to him. Coming clean begins with an honest confession of the Lord. Second thing, coming clean often requires admitting my mistakes to another person. And this is, this is an important lesson because Samuel's looking at God's people. He's the prophet sent to them. And he's like, admit your sins. God had provided an accountability partner, someone that was in their life, saying, look, I'm going to get in your way and show you what you're doing wrong. And see, this is, the, this is why you've got to be involved in church. Because so often, God will speak to us and, 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 we'll, be in a, in a, and we'll be rebellious. We'll be in a, in a, having that habit of rebellion like we looked at last week. We need to break that habit of rebellion. And we'll be in a rebellious habit. And God will be faithful to put someone in your path. And I'll tell you, so you ought to be grateful every time God does that. Every time you're confronted, and, and, uh, because I'll tell you, God is faithful to provide people. We, like when we studied the book of James a few, few months ago, uh, James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Part of what James is saying is, is, is really we have to confess to those we've offended. But, but, the, but the truth is James is referring in this passage that, that we have people in our lives that we need to confess our sins to because they'll help us. And here's what Samuel said to God's people. Confess your sins. Understand that God's given you a king to help you. If you follow the Lord, if you and your king follow the Lord, God will bless you. And here's the point I pray that we see. That sometimes if we're going to come clean, if we're going to really come clean before the Lord, we need to practice confessing our sins to one another. That we're not to be Lone Ranger Christians. That, that, that we're to be involved in the local church. That you're to not just come to this big room and, and look at the back of someone's head. You're to be in life with one another. We're to be in life with one another. This is one of the things I love about being a, a local church pastor. Because you know me. I'm not just on a screen. You know my life. You know, you see me at the grocery store maybe. Uh, you, you see me around. It's just like not too long ago. Well, it was, it was a little while ago. I've told this before. But my wife and I are at the grocery store. And, uh, 
and, and we had split up. And uh, I'd met her, I'd ran into her on the can aisle, soup aisle. And Robin looks at me and goes, hey, you come here often? And I go, I do, I do. And she goes, okay. And then we just split up. And this lady says to Robin, ma'am, he's married and he's a pastor. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so, so I was like, yeah, women hit on me in the grocery store all the time, you know. And uh, but, but then she goes, I know that's my husband. And she's like, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So sorry. sorry. But, but, but you know what I love about being a pastor in a community there's accountability. And see, that's one of the lessons God's people are learning here. Samuel is saying, you, you need each other. You, you, you need to be, you need to help one another walk with the Lord. So God's people should push the king to honor the Lord. The king should push God's people to honor the Lord. In, in our context, we should push one another to keep Christ on the throne of our lives. And see, I love Proverbs 27, 17. says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 6, the wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are, are, are excessive. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. So I want us to see that, that God moves us to come clean by putting other people in our lives to help us. And this is something I pray that, that's a daily practice for us as men and women who are walking with God in this place. So a couple of things. If, if we're going to put someone in our lives, find someone you can trust. I want to challenge you to look into your life for, for someone who, who, who you can trust with, with, with your struggles. Not someone that, that five minutes later is going to hear your struggles and then put it on Facebook. But someone you can trust. And see, this is what we're trying to develop in our Sunday schools, in our groups, all through our church, through our community. You see, we've got to be in one another's lives because, see, God, Samuel was telling God's people, hold one another accountable as a group. And I want to challenge you, find someone in your life you can trust. And can I tell you, it's right here. God has already provided that. Find somebody who genuinely loves you. And this is what we've got to be as people. So We've got to genuinely love each other. Find someone who is mature enough to handle sometimes negative revelations. You know, uh, we've got to be honest with one another. And I long to have a church that, that we can walk into this place and we don't have to put on a mask or hide our struggles. I'm so glad that last week I could say to my church family, would you pray for me? I'm, I'm struggling. And, and, you know, I got text messages and cards. And thank you so much for your prayers. I'm, I'm, we've got to be able to find somebody that, that can handle your real life. That's the kind of church we've got to build. We've got to find somebody who's, who's wise in God's word. 
This is why I pray that we're a group of people that, that, that know what God's word says. We understand his word because what, what we need every week as I get up to preach is not my greatest philosophy or my um, greatest ideas. We need God's word to shape us. We need to be people who understand God's word. Now look, at, look back at 1 Samuel 12, verse 20. Samuel replied, don't be afraid. I mean, God's people were afraid. They saw this thunder come, and they were, they were like, oh, no, what have we done? Samuel replied, don't be afraid. Even though you've committed all this evil, don't turn away from following the Lord. Instead, worship the Lord with all your heart. And see, this is, this is our challenge today. To be a people that say, Lord, we will worship you with all our heart. We will, we will not go through the motions. We will not just give lip service to you. That every aspect of our lives, everyone that meets us, will, will know who we serve. You know, in spite of this funeral I preached this week, in spite of the difficulty of that, in spite of the tragedy of that situation, you know what? I couldn't get up. No one could talk about David Valorand without talking about Jesus. And I thought to myself, man, that's the way I want to go out. I mean, can you imagine, um, don't you want said about you when people get up and talk at your funeral? I can't, they can't talk about you without talking about Jesus. That's the goal for all of us. To be a people that say, Lord, we will worship you with all our hearts. Verse 21, Samuel says, don't turn away to follow worthless things that can't profit or deliver you. They are worthless. He said to God's people, look, if you replace God on the throne of your life, it's not going to profit you. It's worthless. And here's the challenge for us. God alone needs to be on the throne of our hearts, our lives. We are to worship him alone. We're not to trust in our finances, our checkbook, our, our status, our job, our kids. No, we trust in the Lord. Our, our country, our president, that's not who we trust. We trust in the Lord. Verse 22, for the Lord will not abandon his people because of his great name, and because he has determined to make you his own people. And do you know what? That, that's us. Do you know the Bible says that the church, that, that even the gates of hell will not prevail against it? Do you know that, that it's significant that God has called us here to be a part of his church? And, and this is why we have to embrace the mission here. We've got to embrace our call here. We've got to be in one another's lives. That, that God's church is so powerful and so incredible and the call is so great that he has determined to make his name known through his church. And God is so smart that there are, there are all kinds of local churches around us who fear his name and love him. And, are, and this morning, lots of my friends around this city even that we pray for one another, are pushing their people to, let's trust the Lord, let's honor him. And this is the people we've got to be. Third thing about coming clean, not only coming clean begins with an honest confession to God, coming clean often requires admitting mistakes to another person. And do you know that coming clean moves me to accept God's forgiveness and forgive myself? 
mean, I started this sermon, Chad did too, about when was the last time you really did something you regretted? This is a moment that God's people regretted. They were like, what have we done? And, and I bet Samuel, um, he was grateful to hear that. And he ends this chapter in, in chapter, chapter 12 with this, this verse that I think about a lot. And I think about him as a, as, a, as, a, as a prophet, as a shepherd of God's people. He said, he said far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by, by ceasing, by failing to pray for you. And Samuel, you see his heart for God's people saying, look, oh, I just, I just want you to know I'm so grateful that you're repentant and I want to I pray over you, I want to pray for you. And I'll tell you, this is something I've thought about as a pastor. Lord, I, I want to pray for the, these people. Far be it for me that I would sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And, and I love his pastor's heart. But here's the thing, God's coming clean moves me to accept God's forgiveness. Sometimes we ask forgiveness but don't accept it. We, we, we feel guilty. We, we don't forgive ourselves. And I want you to know that when, when you confess your sin to the Lord, he forgives you completely. But so often we feel guilty, don't we? We confess our sins and we think, Lord, I've messed up. And, 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 but can I tell you that guilt often destroys our confidence in the Lord? Don't be guilty. Don't feel guilty about your, the sins that you confess. Understand the power of God's forgiveness. Guilt destroys our, our, conf, our confidence. Guilt sometimes damages our relationships with one another. A lot of times we, we, we hurt one another because of the guilt that we feel over sins that we have confessed. And I want you to know God's forgiveness is complete. That when you confess your sins, he wipes them away. Do you hear that? When you honestly get on your knees and say, Lord, would you forgive me? He forgives you. So forgive yourself. Guilt sometimes keeps us stuck in the past. And can I tell you, we are a people that God has delivered from our past. God's forgiveness is incredible. Listen to what the Bible says about it. Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. Psalm 103.12, listen to this. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. This blows my mind. I got, a, I, I got in a long discussion with a pilot on this one day, this, this verse. But if you get on a, on a globe, and you start, if you, you start, if you leave Tulsa, and you start traveling east, do you know that you travel east forever. If you leave Tulsa and you start traveling west, you travel west forever. And God tells us as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he takes your sin from you. Psalm 32, 1 and 2 says this, How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is the man the Lord does not charge with sin and whose spirit is no deceit. 
I want you to understand something. God's, God offers forgiveness to us. And see, this is, this is important for us to recognize. Because so often we struggle with forgiving ourselves. We struggle with, with accepting God's forgiveness. Can I give you some great news today? This story in 1 Samuel 12, God's people were stuck in rebellion. But Samuel said, look, if you follow the Lord, you and your king will be blessed because God will help you. God will forgive you. And can I tell you something today? The greatest thing you can do right now is follow Jesus. The greatest thing you can do is honestly come to the Lord and say, God, I want to be real with you. I want to I be honest with my confession. I, I want to I come clean before you. What's keeping you from the Lord? Who are you worshiping today? You see, when I, when I, when I open God's word and I, and I look at the forgiveness that he gives to us, that he gives to me, it compels me to say, Lord, I'll follow you. You are Lord of my life. Is he your Lord? I'm gonna ask you to bow your head right now. And as you bow your head, can you just ask yourself this question? When's the last time that you really came clean? Would you come to him today? We're going to have an invitation, and, and maybe you need to come and, and just get on your knees and confess. Or maybe right there at your seat, you just need to get on your knees before the Lord. My prayer is that you come clean before him today. Would you stand where you are? Lord Jesus, right now in this moment,